0: I eat a sandwich with a glass of cooked cola No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional bond. But now, when I have downtime, I can do what I want.
1: And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that's always thinking that ought to hold those little SOBs. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Um
0: Larry, of course, you're referring to. uh Oh, one is of my mic favorite. on? <laughs> You had a hot mic there, Larry. You had a hot mic. <laughs> and for, unfor, un, you know, fortunate. Well, fortunately, you can't get fired from the existentialist cucumber because otherwise, it would it would just it would just be me <laughs> floundering around. <laughs> no one would want to listen to that. But you were referring, of course, to uh, my favorite news anchor of all time, the great Ken Brockman.
1: Yes, and and, and tying it in with uh, a funny news story that happened this week when uh, Jumping Joe Joe Biden, President of the United States. Uh, was he he was referring to some Fox News reporter right and he was leaving the press conference and yeah apparently he didn't realize the hot mic was still there and you can hear him muttering calling him a SOB (laughs) like come on what politician doesn't know there's a hot mic on he did that on purpose right
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, normally I would say yes, but this is Joe Biden we're talking about. Oh. Um, <laughs> like, it's possible he does not know what a hot bike is.
1: <laughs> All those years in the Senate, being a politician, <laughs> eh.
0: I just, I just, I just love the way his his crankiness, just like when 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 he thinks he's not being, uh, when he, you know he tries to be sort of like nice, Grandpa Joe. You know when the camera when the cameras are on, but you know that that like the second he doesn't think he's being scrutinized, good old, good old crank, cranky
1: Joe Biden comes out comes out to play. Oh, totally. You know who else uh, got uh, cranky old guy uh, messaging this week is uh, the hashtag. I believe it was Old Neil was going around, and this is Neil Young going after Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan Experience, to be exact. Right, like he. Mm -hmm. He basically what he thought it would, they would do, but gave Spotify an ultimatum, his music or the Joe Rogan experience. So yeah, this is Canadian icon, legend, singer songwriter, Neil Young. Yeah. I think what it was,
0: was like he, he was, I mean, Neil Young had polio. And so like, you know, he had, he obviously had a vaccine for it, right? Like Mm -hmm. he got, he felt that Joe Rogan's podcast, and I don't listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, so everything I know about it is secondhand information. So, well, plus I, he's I know a competitor. That, yeah, but he is a competitor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I don't need to give him any more any more likes or yeah. or, or lessons or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh he, uh well, I know I know that he's the 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 ivermectin guy, you know, and you know, doesn't want to get vaccinated and tries alternative
1: methods too yeah he's he also had some controversial guests and gave them a platform and i think that's what neil was kind of kind of going with the one thing that i thought that was kind of weird about this 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 incident was why he felt it was necessary to make it go public like at the end of the day joe and spotify win for neil doing this yeah i don't know you know like like you say he's a cranky old guy but uh
0: or maybe he thought maybe I don't know maybe he thought that if he raised awareness that that uh, you know it, according to his claim that Joe Rogan is providing dangerous misinformation about vaccines then maybe he thought that it would be like a public service but like everybody
1: already knows that you know like yeah like just don't listen to it yeah yeah a- end of story so. The story progressed quite quickly. So Spotify came up with a statement basically saying, well, thanks, Neil. We'll take you down. Yeah. Yeah. His music is slowly being taken down. Spotify, like this, this, you have to remember, this is a business. Like Spotify is not doing this for political reasons or moral reasons, right? They're, they're, they're in a comp, they're in a business to stream music and and content. They're not going to get rid of the, biggest podcast in the world right he mm-hmm. he has that title right what 20 million subscribers 20 million downloads like they were they were yeah. y- crazy numbers
0: yeah he's got he's got a few more than the existentialist cucumber but we're gonna just we'll just just him. yeah yeah we'll we'll catch we're, we're catching day. up
1: and and you know Neil's fan base are they on Spotify eh, I, I guess but I would I would have thought that most people would be listening to Neil Young's stuff on vinyl right like when when the the vinyl file uh audio files would they be like oh i can't i can't listen to his stuff on spotify yeah, i have to listen yeah. to it on vinyl listen to it in like some
0: super compressed digital format on a yeah. streaming service yeah you wanna you want you want to hear the needle like like the pop and the hiss as the needle hits the
1: record. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, the guy do, the, the 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 sound engineer doing blow in the studio, you know. Yeah, <laughs> in the background. Yeah you want, you want, yeah,
0: you want to feel that. You want to you want to <laughs> You want it to feel like the 70 like a 70s recording studio yeah. where just like
1: crazy amounts of drugs are being taken. So, on top of Neil facing a much bigger beast, like Spotify's also not getting rid of Joe because didn't they Give him some absurd amount of money to keep the Joe Rogan experience exclusive to Spotify. Like, unlike us, Curtis, where you can find us on three platforms, uh, Joe is only on Spotify. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge exclusive. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna say no to their hundred million or whatever they they threw at Joe.
0: And I, so I can understand. I can understand why. You know, Neil Young from personal experience and, you know, because of his beliefs is upset by it. I can totally understand why Spotify is, um, you know, not uh, not interested in dropping in in the ultimate. I think it was more sort of like I think I think Neil Young knew that they weren't going to get rid of. Podcast, so I think it was just like take me down from your from your site if he's gonna, you know. Yeah,
1: but who? But who made it public? That's that's what I want to know. That's a good question. I'm not I'm not too too sure, but uh, because this would have been just a letter from his record company to Spotify, just saying, yeah, we're out. I think the the thing that that of
0: course it became of course it became a political football, right and um you know people people chimed in people are easily distracted so even though there's a lot of other stuff going on this became this became a big a big thing you get you get idiots like i don't know if you've ever seen this guy i don't even know what he does um but he seems to weigh in on all this stuff all the time this guy uh nick adams nick nick adams in usa is his hashtag he's uh, an australian by birth and american by choice and uh <laughs> I don't know apparently he's a best-selling author I'd never heard of him except that he pops up every time there's like he he'll weigh in on absolutely anything like you know he's just desperate for engagements and clicks mm. but he said he, he I, th- I think did he take that one down like he weighed in a few times on this Neil young thing with really stupid hyperbolic uh, takes and uh, One of them, one of them was like, uh, he was saying like kid rock. He said like kid rock is bigger than Neil Young and it's not even close. Like this is, this is the kind of thing that we just don't, this is the kind of commentary that doesn't progress the narrative and we just don't need. And this is just all you get. This is all you get in your feed is just shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like you can certainly make the argument that that like you know, like 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 you're saying, like you can make the argument that Nia, that Neil Young is wrong, or you can you can say like you know he went he 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 went about this you know in a way that made it look like a publicity stunt, all kinds of like. But to, but to say that he. A less accomplished musician than Kid <laughs> Rock, who had a hit called Ba with Ba. <laughs> it's just so insanely dumb. Well, you know. But but he'll have like a ton of people agreeing with him. Oh, yeah. Probably people who love Neil Young, but like, you know, <laughs> politics, their, their politics are king. So they'll just say, oh, yeah, I haven't listened to him in 40 years or whatever.
1: Yeah. So all the way from Stockholm, because people have to remember that Spotify is uh, is, is, is in Stockholm. But again, Once again, like, what does this company in Stockholm care about this Canadian-American that wants to take out another American? We <laughs> regret Neil's decision to remove his music from Spotify, but hope to welcome him back soon. My question to you, Curtis, is if it wasn't Neil Young, who only had like... I don't know, six million monthly listeners. So I don't know how many subscribers on Spotify. Joe Rogan's got his huge, huge reams of people. Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't Neil Young and it was like BTS? Do you think Do you think Spotify would have uh, bit then? Because BTS has, and, and I'm just going to confirm this, BTS has 42 million monthly stream listeners.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been different. Obviously, like like you said, it's a business. So It's whatever is going to impact, you know, going to have the least amount of impact on their their business. I guess in that situation, they would probably try to figure out a way to not lose either of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, Neil Young's listeners—they're listening at home to, on their vinyl, right? To to original Harvest Moon.
0: Yeah, the the, the other thing is, uh, <laughs> you know. You, you know how we were talking before the show about how people love to just throw the word freedom around like it's nothing. You know, for any 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 inconvenience, you know, you know, any perceived slight is a is is an attack on freedom. Now, mm-hmm. um, so the, so that was another another thing that you're seeing a lot on Twitter was like, you know, this guy wrote "Rocking in the Free World," and you know now he wants to censor people. Blah, blah, blah. Like, keep on rocking on the free world is is like a very, a very satirical. It's like American Woman, right? And, uh, yeah, you know, very satirical song. It's not, and Born in the USA is the same, right? Like, Born in the USA isn't like a rah rah pro American anthem, but it's been taken that way so many times. So that's how it gets. It's the
1: chorus, buddy. If you got the hook, people don't care about what the messaging in between the chorus. Keep playing the chorus. Yeah. That's why I found it kind of weird that uh, wasn't it Trump during his campaign was playing. Oh, I think every politician does, right? Like they're always playing Neil Young's Rockin' in the Free World. And it's just like, have your people listened to the lyrics? Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And something with American Woman. like, Yeah. Yeah, these songs are not glowing portraits
0: of 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 America like you know they're 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 fairly biting
1: yeah songs you know Well, yeah, let's let's get off let's let's move on from Neil but we do have a, a, a further musical episode before we head on to the headlines. Uh, Curtis you and I were talking I think last week about it be, and oh, we actually before I start Rest in Peace Meatloaf
0: yeah, you know it's it's. I think I think like we we jinxed him by mentioning on a couple of occasions the death of uh, Meatloaf songwriter Jim Steinman.
1: To, to 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 be to be clear, you keep mentioning <laughs> the death of Steinman, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Michael Lea day also known as Meatloaf, uh, yep. passed away. I I don't I don't, I, don't, I didn't follow up the story, but was it complications with uh, the Rona? The That's what TMZ said. And he again, I don't want to kind of belabor this point. He was a pretty anti-vaxer type, just uh, sentiment, right near the end before the end of his life. Yeah, I get yeah. That sense.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, he was, at, he, or, or at least he was anti-sort of like lockdowns and mm-hmm. stuff. I think he might have been. I think it was anti-vax, but uh, yeah. Um, that, you know, had a, uh, had
1: a damn good singing voice though. Oh boy. In fact, <laughs> I, I probably should have started off the segment with, uh, see if you can catch this reference. His name is Robert Paulson. Robert Paulson. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. His name um, is Robert Paulson. You know what? He was fantastic in that. Yeah. In fact, when, when I went to see the movie, I was like, is that meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, he, he was, he, he was an okay actor. He was in a, you know, and he, and he was a, uh, and he was a really good, uh, I mean, like he could just belt out those, he could just belt out those real overwrought like heavily produced sort of songs and, 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 and make them his own. And like, when he sang them, like, you know, like they were like, you know, they became fairly epic. Like they, you know, you, you when you're when you're writing music and performing music like that, it's in danger of becoming self-parody. And I think and I think like even with Meatloaf singing it, it was a little bit like that. But like it was just so good. He, he just he he just like had the power to
1: really like carry those songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so the reason why meat other than Meatloaf would have been in our discussion in our next segment here, uh, anyways. But uh, Meatloaf has obviously. Uh, if you were in the seventies or owned an eight track, you owned bad out of hell. In fact, I'm pretty sure they gave out copies of Bad Out of hell with every single eight track player back in the, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We had it, (laughs) which was um, he's got famous song, right? Paradise by dashboard lights. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about duets, whether or not duets, they're not as, popular, I don't think, in today's world, especially compared to back then in the 70s and 80s and maybe a bit in the 90s, uh, but we, you and I were kind of thinking it'd be a fun segment to talk through and say, duets, good or bad? Now, the definition of duet is a performance by two people, but we are kind of focusing in more on the duets where the two singers are actually... Um, singing to each other rather than singing a single narrative and there's just two people performing a song. So, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, anyone who's gone through karaoke um, has heard this. Yeah. And and what's annoying about the song, it's a fun song, great, but so long for karaoke. Like, I don't know why anyone would want to do it. And you're not going to hit Meatloaf's Notes. No, no, it's... uh... It's like it yeah,
0: you're not gonna hit Meatloaf's notes. You're not gonna hit I don't even know what the who the uh his duet partner is, what her name is, but you're not gonna hit her notes either. Yeah. Um <laughs> It reminds me of <laughs> and I think I've tried to do this for people who try to sing Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh karaoke. Uh which is not a duet. It's it's got a Meatloaf
1: cameo, mm. uh, I would say. Right, right. Because other duets would be like that, right? Where you, yeah. if you're saying, what do you talk about? Duets still exist. But yeah, we were, kind of think, we were kind of talking about it in that in today's world, it's more or less like cameo where someone would just kind of come in, maybe sing the chorus with the person's performance. Yeah. I, I think a modern day duet would have been, uh, they did it for the movie, right? It was Lady Gaga and uh, Bradley Cooper
0: uh right yes yeah Yeah. i think
1: it's the shallow song i believe that's what it's but but it's it's fun more fun to talk about the older duets and and whether or not duets good or bad keep them leave them uh gone by um i'm gonna play one over the mic since it is a hot mic uh one of the more i would say one of the probably one of the more famous ones right So that's don't go breaking my heart, Elton John and Kiki D, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's like yeah, kind of like the quintessential sort of seventies. You know, let's get two people together in the studio and bang something out.
1: Yeah, uh, style. But but once again, if 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 you're not into kind of like that love songy thing, you'd be like so sick. <laughs> so like, I I think if you were like a single person. Um, you probably hate duets even more, right? It's like, I don't want to hear about how great of a couple you guys are. You guys make me sick. That's why, That's why for the single person, the duet of choice is a Fairy Tale of New York. Yeah. So that that would be almost the opposite, right? The, like most duets are always talking about, you know, the conversation is about how much they love each other or how much they admire each other. Yeah. The Pogues uh, kind of took it. To, to, yeah. Shane um,
0: McGowan and Kirsty McCall are not yeah. fans
1: of each other. <laughs> yeah no, no, so is it, you know maybe maybe that's maybe that's in an exception in the in the duets yeah. um yeah. Let, let's call the 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 Jennifer Warren's uh two pack so that's uh, her and Joe Cocker doing up where we belong and um from the dirty dancing soundtrack with Bill medley is uh had the time of my life yeah both yeah, of those I, like just yeah. just sickly you know two people in love
0: yeah I think I think both of those would be sort of like when I was in high school. They would feature quite heavily, you know, those songs. Yeah, for a, for a, for a for a slow dance, um, you know, it was it, it was it, it wasn't like ending the dance like stairway would, but uh, you know, it was like <laughs> mid sort of mid dance. You know, some people would go get a pop by this point or go outside for a smoke. Yeah, um, you know. But uh, one of the ones that, that, that I've kind of forgot about that mm-hmm. was, I guess, relatively speaking more current that I'd completely forgot about was Brian Adams and Mel, Melanie C, Mel C,
1: Sporty Spice, mm-hmm. couple Spice Girls, When You're Gone. Okay, hey, catchy song. Just like uh, Don't Go Break My Heart, start with the chorus. And just repeat it as much as possible Mm -hmm. (laughs) the 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 formula for any excellent pop song especially when it's a duet no no yeah yeah that's that's another that's another good and still bad one right like again same theme right because they can't they're talking about how much they 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 admire each other right here's another sickly one lionel richie and diana ross the theme from uh, endless love Oh yeah. That's a tough, that's, that's, that's tough to take. Uh, yeah. To take. Every time I hear it now, I just think of uh happy Gilmore, <laughs> right? The, been- the, 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 the skating, is it the Zamboni guy?
0: Yeah. It's been parodied a few times to, to decent effect. <laughs> I'll give it that. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's tough. It's a tough one. A couple other ones that, that, that I've noticed on here that, 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 uh, that i think are are worth mentioning is uh, um islands in the stream mm-hmm. dolly parton and uh, the late great kenny rogers um you know like a uh, couple of couple of country heavyweights uh, you know with a song that went sort of pop mainstream um and then uh um where was it? Here, I just saw it. Now I've already forgot because I was thinking so much about Islands of the Stream and how.
1: Let me interject with one. This is probably one of the uh, early one. Again, sickly because I I couldn't stand listening to it. You know, doing research for this segment was like probably the worst because I had to like listen to these 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 songs and it was just like, oh, I can't stomach it. Is Sunny and Share? I got you, babe.
0: Yeah. that Oh man, that is like a that is like a. Uh, a classic, like of the, of the, of the genre. And, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, like it's, it's, it's got, uh, it's got staying power. People still know that song, you know, um, or the Beavis and Butthead version, uh, <laughs> also,
1: <laughs> featured, also I forgot that about Sharon, that. Sharon,
0: Sharon, but Sharon Butthead doing the duet. Um, <laughs> This one, okay, here it is. This is the one uh that that I that I really like. It's kind of a it's it's um, you know, it's not not nearly as sappy. It's kind of like really upbeat and, you know, featured quite prominently on the Guardians of the Galaxy uh Volume 1. And that'd be Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Marvin mm-hmm. Gaye
1: and Tammy Terrell. And, and, but that that one I I could listen to put on a playlist no problem because it's not that sickly duet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's
0: it's it's like a really it's a it's a it's a banging tune that one. Like mm-hmm. it's a really good
1: track. Okay, so here's not two people in love, but just kind of two people talking it through. This one's an interesting one. Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder, right? In Ebony and Ivory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still couldn't listen to it. I, I tried listening to it, and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't listen to the whole song. It's very help-
0: helpful using you know like like the the piano metaphor for. For har- harmonious race relations, but it kind of kind of seems like like the way the world is now, we've kind of moved past that, you know. It uh. Didn't have the desired effect, but um, the other but, uh, another one because you were showing me, you reminded me of this because you were showing me the video for "Don't Go Breaking My Heart." Yeah, which is funny to watch because it's it's basically. Elton John and Kiki D just singing in a studio. And so to, to liven it up, they do like all kinds of crazy wipes and stuff. Yep. If you want to see a good a good duet video, two people who look like they're really into each other, that would be Mick Jagger and David Bowie singing Dancing in the
1: Streets. Oh, okay. So is that is that the same... Duet definition that we're going by, or are they really singing the same narrative? See, kind I of think, like uh, under pressure, right? With- I think
0: I think by by the definition that you, that 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 we're going with, they are singing the same. It's it's a it's a duet, and it's two pe- Two it's like a, you know, it's a two pronged singing attack.
1: Yeah, so du- yeah it's kind of a duo. Yeah, lot more.
0: yeah, they're singing the same. Yeah, they're singing sort of with the same voice,
1: right. Yeah, and and th- we want we want to be sure that we're, we're clear. Like some of those songs that just like the McCartney one. Late what? How many years? I guess it would have been like almost ten years later. McCartney and Michael Jackson with "Say Say Say." Yes, both trying to win the affections of young woman. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember there was like
1: a hayride or something in that. I I, th- I think they were I, th- I think they were supposed to be like two carnival scam artists yeah that's what that's right yeah i I think that was the storyline you brought up one which was philip bailey and phil collins right easy lover yes ah another pop song that's another one
0: there's another one that like like you're saying that starts with the chorus and then repeat it as many times as possible (laughs) yeah just get, get you get you hooked right in and uh yeah um i i tried to sing that one karaoke with uh our friend steve Irwin. um i took the phil collins he took the philip bailey and they good
1: choice because philip bailey hits those high notes right like yeah those, those years from earth wind and fire
0: yeah yeah they, they may- <laughs> yeah he's hitting yeah he's hitting some high notes he's hitting like yeah it takes some skill to sing the philip bailey part phil collins you can kind of like get away with just kind of like barking it out a little bit yeah you know regardless uh, we we failed because they turned they turned it. It was one of those ones where they faded out like ha, like uh, halfway through, and you are like,
1: I know that there's I know they sing the chorus at least three more times. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a pause on on our duet story. You brought up a like bit of musical history that that kind of bothered me even when I was a kid when that song came out because I always knew that song. Like, it's not like I listened to Earth Wind and Fire when I was a kid, but I knew that he was in a band. Elsewhere, and this is Philip Bailey. And that song actually is a Philip Bailey song, but the way that they kind of portrayed it during the MTV music video era when that song came out, it it seemed to be like a Phil Collins song, and they brought Philip Bailey to come along and do it. It did. You're right. You're right. You know, and and I think when they were promoting it, someone, a a reporter actually asked Phil Collins where he found Philip Bailey. And like (laughs) the guy was, and he was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You heard of earth, wind and fire, right? (laughs) Wow. That's, that's very insulting. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's, that's something that I remember as a kid, even confused. I'm like, isn't he famous too? Like, I don't, I know I wasn't, I wasn't listening to Genesis, but at the time you're right. Phil Collins solo career was pretty huge at that time. Right. You're telling me as a kid you weren't listening to Genesis? I was not listening to Genesis. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't you didn't have like Abacab on repeat? Though though I probably did have a, I probably knew Turn It On, right? Is that is that Genesis? Oh, sure. Turn yeah. It on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the duet. So so far we're finding duets very sickly, I think. I
0: don't think we liked any of these mo- songs. They, they mostly are. Especially the ones, especially like the the sort of like um duets where there's like an interplay between personas you know okay like, like i think so, they tend to be that that way
1: uh here's one probably uh, i think this is what late 80s maybe is uh don't give up peter gabriel and kate bush mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, l- not, definitely l- less less sickly for sure less sickly i think yeah, yeah. Um, so i want to bring up uh an interesting one or we can debate whether or not it's a duet because it's really a band and I don't really know enough of this band's catalog except for I think the two songs that they have that that, that they're very big for, which is the Human League. Mm-hmm. The song specifically is "Don't You Want Me." Mm-hmm. So, it, Human League's a band. There, there's there's obviously the two singers, or there's multiple singers, as you were kind of um, telling me. Uh, but that song right there is is similar to the Pogues thing, where one's telling their side of the story versus. Um, the other one telling their side, you know, male-female side of the the relationship. I don't know. Um, duet, their band. I think it's that same style, right? It's it's the two people kind of singing it out. It's almost like it's almost like a rap battle, but talking about love. <laughs> yeah, you can. I think you can have a duet,
0: a duet within the uh, within the band. Um, you know. For, for uh for sure yeah um yeah i think it would count yeah it's definitely like definitely i mean yeah you definitely have two people from different points of view sort of like coming at the song um so yeah i think i think under our under our um criteria it would fit
1: yeah so curtis duets good or bad leave them don't do them again I think I you know what ultimately like I think they're I,
0: th- I think they're kind of worthwhile knowing about like some of them are really hard to listen to because they are that sappy. Mhm. Sometimes though you do get some where you get like two very very uh talented complementary voices. You know, doing a song together and 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 when it works it works really well.
1: Yeah, just don't make the lyrics so, so cheesy. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Just so sickly cheesy. And yeah, if you, if when, whenever karaoke opens up again, try to avoid the meatloaf, do the uh, Elton John Kiki D. I think, I think that's, I think the range of their vocals, I think is probably much more in line with the rest of society. And it's a catchy tune. Yeah. It is a Um, catchy tune. Yeah. And and you and I were also looking up Kiki D because I, I, I was I was going to put her on one of our alive or dead segments because I really didn't know much about her. But a little bit of trivia here: she was the first female singer from the UK to sign with Motown.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many how many there were. I don't know how how big Motown's sort of international reach got, but yeah, that is interesting.
1: Yeah, hey. Yeah. On to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus Sandwich. We can't uh, not talk about this because it's huge, and it's the story is still unfolding, and it's uh, with the Freedom Truckers. Is that what they're calling themselves, Curtis? The Freedom Convoy, I believe. Sorry, the Freedom Convoy. It's a huge convoy right now. I think they broke some kind of interesting record of con- number of trucks in a convoy. Um... They are obviously upset about the COVID mandates, the vaccine mandates, the shutting down of society. I think they're just kind of piling on a lot as they've been going on. Uh, But recently, what, about two weeks ago, the Canadian government, federal government basically said that any trucker um, going back and forth would no longer be excluded from the vaccine uh, rule, right? They would have to quarantine if you like follow the same travel rules as if you and I mm-hmm. um, were traveling. Uh, so this started out in Delta BC on the 23rd. So they've been on the road for like the last three days and expected to be in Ottawa by Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rolling into our neighborhood, uh, I guess sometime Friday, I guess. So we'll see what kind of traffic that causes. But um so that, that's one part of the story. The one thing that you and I want to kind of focus in on was the Freedom Convoy GoFundMe, which is really interesting. So mm-hmm. originally, so this thing, so much to unpack here. So originally, money raised was supposed to be dispersed to the truckers to aid them with the cost of the journey, uh, help them with fuel and assist with food if needed to contribute of shelter if needed. Right now, at the point in time when we're recording this episode, it's sitting at five point seven million dollars in three days, Curtis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think as like as any like what charitable donation <laughs> even has done that in that short period of time.
0: I think that just you know if you're if you're running a like if you're if you're sort of like running outreach for a charity or anything like that, you should be looking at this and say like what kind of what kind of outrage can I capitalize on no, you know because that seems to Because 'cause didn't the Adamsons barbecue guy like his, same thing yep his same go, thing I mean like he made way more than 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 uh than they were asking for, and it's just like you know people will if they're outraged enough they'll 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 put their money down,
1: yeah. So the first thing that we want to unpack about this story is the organizers. So one of the organizers, and I think she seems to be the one in front of the cameras the most, is Tamara Lick. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, Interesting. She's the secretary of the Maverick Party of Canada. So this is a, I guess, an Alberta. Was this the Alberta Separatist Party? I think it is or uh yeah they're, they're like like
0: yeah they they they're they're a western canada focused part. Their 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 logo if uh, by the way is like the word Maverick and the i is like an exclamation mark and the the sort of like stick part of the exclamation mark is the word freedom. Yeah. Always always it's with always the freedom.
1: freedom. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, so she was actually she she was actually part of this weird merger or collapse of the Wexit Alberta party with the freedom conservative party to becoming the wild roads independent. Like, uh, I, I need a, I need a, I think I need a graphic to help me, uh, map all this out. Yeah. Um, so there's that take it what you will, but, um, you know, uh, it's, it's just, I think I find when reading through the comments and seeing all the money being donated, it, it's it's also an interesting telltale. Like it, it opens up quite a bit. But yeah, Tamara, she has her own political reasons for doing this, right? And it, it, I don't know, it's it's still on brand to support this. Like I, I when I read this story, it's it's I, I I kind of mixed emotions, right? I get why the truckers are kind of upset over this. Um, the end game is interesting because even if the Canadian, they managed to convince the Canadian government to drop the vaccine mandatory mandate for truckers, um, it doesn't mean that they're completely free to continue doing their job regardless of their vaccination status because the Americans have shut the border down with the same rule. Mm-hmm. And there was never an issue with them traveling province to province. So there's that. Mm-hmm. um but your big comment was yeah. looking through the comments of after people donating just the the overuse of the words freedom and tyranny yeah
0: they're completely overwrought and listen this sucks right like this whole pandemic it's dragged on it sucks no one likes it and you can argue certainly as you said that that you know maybe the mandate against truck because truckers have been going back and forth across the border this entire time as they were an essential service now for it to happen now you know you can say yes that's heavy handed you know that's not right you know you can protest that but this talk of like you know a tyrannical government in 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 power in canada and and just using these words just with you know in a in such a hyperbolic fashion just to me it speaks of not having a hot clue on what's going on you know outside outside your 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 little sphere of 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 influence you know like just not not understanding you know when you sort of read about like, you know, a possible invasion of Ukraine, human rights abuses. Yep. And, and what's happened in Afghanistan this year. In Afghanistan. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you call the Canadian government a, a tyrannical government because they're doing something that yes, it affects you, but it's obviously temporary and, it's not done just out of sheer cruelty it's done you know because we're in a pandemic and they think that that it's the right call. is it the right call? you can certainly debate that and you can argue against that and you can even protest it but this is it's I find it hard to sympathize with this sort of with with these kind of movements when they're just throwing the, these stupid words around um, without really, really seeming to to understand the definition of them you know like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's just every single every every, like like you were saying before the show like every time you're told no now or there's something you know it's it's an attack on your freedom it's not just oh well you know like there's gonna be there's gonna be you know sometimes there's gonna be people at cross purposes and they're gonna have and there's gonna be interests that compete it's gonna be nope it's 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 my, my freedom's being assaulted
1: Right. So uh, here here is my also my my um, comparative as well. If I am driving in a 40 zone and I'm doing 70 because I'm late and a cop stops me and writes me up a ticket. Do I cry freedom? I mean, you were pointing
0: out one of the comments. What was that comment you were pointing out? Where basically the woman who wrote it said that one of the fundamentals is we deserve the freedom to make our choices even – essentially it boils down to we're free to make our choices even if they're stupid. That's essentially (laughs) what she was saying. She didn't say it exactly like
1: that, but that's basically the premise. So by that know, rationale, Curtis, the word "freedom" shows up thirty-nine pages, thirty-nine times in, the, in this one simple search. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're right. I, I should have bookmarked that one. But you're you're right. She talked about we have the freedom to do dumbass things. Yeah so so by
0: that by so by her rationale yeah you shouldn't (laughs) you you know you you should have the freedom to to make the stupid decision to go you know 80 90 kilometers hour in a hospital zone to get to work on time you know like or like or or not not wear your seatbelt yeah or not wear a seatbelt it's like oh it was a dumb thing to do but like it was my it was my freedom to make that decision you know like these people just don't like it's just like there's 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 laws in society for 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 a reason, you know. Because otherwise, like I was saying before, otherwise guys like me would be screwed, you know. Oh yeah. If there was no laws, laws are necessary. Laws restrict freedom, yes, but they're necessary for for a great many people to have freedom to have like a sort of
1: relatively free life. So I I I I told you the funny story in high school. um, There was this kid, and you know. During this time, he was part of the you know punks not dead, clique. So he had this jean jacket that he he must have crafted it with his with own time, crafted the word anarchy with the A over the circle that old symbol, the old oh, punk yeah, yeah. symbol. Yeah, and and we and my buddy and I asked him, "Do you know what that word means?" And he just kind of gave us some flippant answer, right? And this kid is like ninety pounds, soaking wet. And we just basically said, you know, if there was anarchy, you'd probably be the first to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're right. I think when people are told that they can't do something, it's suddenly now like this huge, you know, freedom fighter call to of of, of oppression. Um. Here's another telltale sign about this: five point seven million, Curtis. There are ten people who donated more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Are these people also donating? So here's a here's a cry for freedom. Are these people also donating to like the local food bank, where someone's day to day ability to feed themselves is is a difficult chore?
0: yeah I, I i don't think that, yeah i mean if you care about the freedom of you know whether or not people should get vaccinated like yeah you should also care care that people have like you know food security and economic security to live relatively free lives
1: mm-hmm. where's where's that where's that go fund me and and does the food bank in their uh campaign raise almost six million dollars in three days no instead you're you're giving them cans of cream corn instead they need they need to say they
0: need to say like they need to make up some story like how like uh how like how like how like the woke mob wants to change the name of the food bank you know or something like that. yeah yeah the woke mob wants to wants to wants to change the name of, of of the food the food bank to sort of like the repast repository because because mm-hmm. because bank is an imperialist term that's that that has has associated microaggressions and then people will be like wow it was a food bank when I was a kid and it'll be the food bank till the day I die
1: ten thousand dollars and then the food bank will get all this money. So maybe maybe that's the GoFundMe that we need to try to formulate. Get get, get yeah. everybody angry about something, and then mm-hmm. they'll just throw money at the food bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, as we said, this story is developing. We'll come back to it next week. Hopefully, it doesn't get ugly because that's my fear. Is you're you're starting to see the trolls on social media come out, and they're kind of piling on their ideals to this movement
0: yeah oh yeah that's like a, yeah I agree that's a huge concern
1: good on Tamara whether you agree with the Maverick party or not she's got, gotten in front of that story and basically saying you know they're they're supposed to be peaceful and if they if any of the truckers see any of these yahoos then they need to report them and to the police and like I they're good for kind of trying to stay in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully everything will be fine um, along Bank Street, and I don't know where those all those trucks are going to go. Like, <laughs> because how much there must be a boatload of snow still in Ottawa right now?
0: Oh yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. All right. If our Carlton
1: days have taught us anything, oh God, it's 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 crazy there right now. All right, let's go on to let's move on from that story. We'll come back to it next week. Uh, the next headline is. Man who allegedly stole $8,000 guitar by hiding it in his pants sought by police in York Region. This is this is like really this is this is the story we should be talking about. Yes, we we yes, this is just more this is more on brand. Yeah. So this guy in York in Richmond Hill went into a guitar store. Um, it might be along McQuade, but they don't really talk about it. But um, and uh he is started playing this guitar so it's like a gibson les paul and he then he's caught on video he slips the neck of the guitar so the thinner part of the guitar down his pants behind his back and then puts his hoodie over the main body of the guitar and uh walks out
0: i like uh, i like i like the uh <laughs> the line in the story the suspects are described by police as being white men in their 20s. The man who appeared to hide the guitar in his clothing was wearing, in quotes, extremely large baggy pants. At the time of the incident, police said, no shit, Sherlock.
1: <laughs> those are the pants. Speaking about Carlton, those are the pants that you wore to Saga if you wanted to smuggle food out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it was like if it if it was like uh, hamburger night or, hamburger or is it chicken night, burger, yeah, like, chicken like, burger night. Yeah. Was that chicken, another one? Yeah one of the one of the marquee one of the marquee yeah, nights, yeah. one of the nights when they weren't feeding you like you know parma- yogurt baked parmesan fish
1: or uh yeah so the funny thing is uh of course this guy must be somewhat anti-mask as well he's caught on video without his mask on like you have a perfectly good way of concealing your identity and he has yeah. his mask around his chin yeah He's um, also got so, a Leafs hat on, which uh, you can't really tell. Like the, the photo is grainy as hell. Oh, well, <laughs> that was that was the other point I want to bring up. it, it is a, a store with an eight thousand dollar guitar, which probably isn't their cheapest one. They probably have a whole slew, and guitars are not cheap. I I'm not an expert on these things, but they're not cheap. So let's just say there's about two million, three, maybe 5, let's just say five million dollars of inventory in that store. And you have a $20 video camera protecting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I know this, this looks like, this looks like something that you would have, that you would have hooked
1: up to, uh, to, 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 like a Pentium 90. Oh God. You, you know what, you know what, now that you reminded me, the, the video looks like that, that scene in, uh, the original blade runner <laughs> where he's evaluating that, uh, that, that, that video capture. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and are you watching the movie I go, what does he see? I don't see anything except blurry, grainy things while while the sounds of like microfiche go around in the background. Because I guess that, at the time that sounded futuristic.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it, 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 it does it does look like uh, something that would have been considered high tech in nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Um yeah. And that was-
1: camera was probably from nineteen eighty one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, like that is that is that is ballsy to say. <laughs> steal a guitar, steal a guitar. How are you going to do it? I'm going to shove it down my pants. And like, and, you know, when you read the story, obviously like the, yes, the neck gets shoved down the pants and then, yeah. but still, it's just like, just funny to think of somebody like, like, well, like stealing a guitar, the way, the way that, the way that you would steal, like, you know, like, like, like a like a like a box of Mike and Ike's when you're
1: ten. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he wore his baggy pants because he was seriously ballsy. Because this is also during the time when stores were not at ultra full capacity. It's not like the store was jammed; people couldn't see what he's doing. The store looked pretty empty. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it's 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 not like the store people, the store clerks didn't understand like and and you would have thought that to get a to to sample an eight thousand dollar guitar you would have had to ask someone for assistance
0: yeah i mean like you have to ask somebody to get a pack of razor blades (laughs) that's right otherwise the alluring alarm goes off (laughs) i figure like yeah i figure i figure an eight thousand dollar guitar it's just not but yeah it's 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 amazing like the uh he, he does he's got he's got like He's got hammer pants, essentially. He's got MC Hammer pants, <laughs> except they're sort of gray. They don't. They don't look. They don't look cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just shoves, just shoves the guitar back there. But yeah, you can't, you can't make out any features. Like the police are looking for this man. You're like, you know, yeah, he's very. He, they're looking. They're looking for. They're looking for an eight bit video game <laughs> character. <laughs>
1: All right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, here's another, uh, we, we should just call us the, the SOB headlines. Excessive speed, BC driver, blue engine on mom's car, hit with multiple tickets. The only reason why I brought up this story, other than you know the headline was just weird, was the fact that this uh, 20-year-old apparently has an N driver passed uh, license. I don't know what N stands for. I guess it's a uh, BC thing. Uh, the car was clocked doing 211 kilometers an hour. Uh, when the driver was pulled over, the driver was not impaired. When asked why he was traveling at this speed, the driver responded. He wanted to see how fast the car could go. Yeah. He has the
0: freedom to make stupid decisions. <laughs> that's what we're fighting for, isn't it?
1: Oh, my God. That's that's like just not having the right answer. <laughs> when 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 the time comes um this reminds me of an old story uh i went to see uh iggy pop um i think at what used to be called rpm yeah oh yeah government yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what other names they went through the guy that i went with in the group to go see, he actually somehow managed to get on stage and i guess he wanted to you know jump off but he he didn't tell us what he was doing he just got onto stage and iggy pop stopped the set mid-song and iggy like looks at him with the mic and goes what the hell are you thinking what are you what are you doing up here and gives him the mic so he's standing there in front of his hero (laughs) and all he could blurt out was i I just want to jump off the stage (laughs) so iggy so iggy shakes his head tells the band to to pick it back up and he just grabbed him and like throws him back into the crowd. <laughs> and Iggy Pop, of course,
0: very sort of like sinewy kind of, <laughs> kind of like weirdly muscular guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can, but you know, but think, you, you're you standing in the front of your hero, right? You, you know, yeah. he, he, I guess he was just so starstruck and yeah. he didn't realize like he would stop the song. Like we're talking dead stop. Yeah. Everyone put their instruments down. <laughs> okay. So Curtis, you remember the movie Waking Ned Divine, right? 90s movie, 90s movie? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. from the 90s, like late 90s, I think, I want to say. So so what when I heard the story, that was the first thing I thought about. Man who took uncle's corpse to the post office to collect pension didn't know he was dead. <laughs> I and and coincidentally, this happened in County uh, Carlo, which is in Ireland as well, which I believe that's where uh, Waking Dead Divine was uh, taking place. So yeah. apparently, yeah, they um, this guy, 40-year-old, was one of the two men propping up Mr. Doyle's body up against the counter at the post office when the employee became suspicious and asked if the man was unwell. The pair reportedly told them that he was having a heart attack and dropped his body on the ground. <laughs> Uh, the picture of the
0: guy—it's pretty, it's pretty classic. Like he's very stereotypical. It's a very stereotypical sort of like, uh, you know, ginger dude with like a like a tracksuit top
1: sort of thing, looking very uh, <laughs> <laughs> smug. Declan, 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 uh, Okay, so we we should also mention that yeah, they they dragged the uncle's dead body to the post office so that he could collect his pension claim that. Uh, he thought he was so the pension the pensioner were like were holding the the letter because they thought he was dead in which he was and then they went to the post office and basically said, no, he's not he's right here. Are you going to attempt the Irish accent when you read the quote from this guy or I no? shouldn't
0: because uh, <laughs> because because I have Irish friends and I like and I, and I like Ireland and
1: I like its people and it would be very offensive but I'm gonna do it. And and we might get pulled from Spotify for a hate crime if you try to if you do this badly. But yeah, read the quote from uh, Mister Honley, uh, uh, <clears throat> This is gonna go horribly.
0: <laughs> Why would I want to rob my uncle? I'm forty years of age. Yeah, I'm not a child. I'm not a young fella. I'm not an idiot walking into hosi'es with a dead man and collect his money. Am I cuckoo? Am I cuckoo?
1: I am not. <laughs> I think you get Academy Award for that one. I love the fact that in the article they spelled out Egypt, double E J I T. Egypt, yeah, Egypt. Egypt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you forgot to mention that he uh, he was carrying like plastic Seven Up bottle. Yes, that's the drink of every Irishman.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, he's drinking Seven Up, and uh, yeah, he's looking he's looking kind of uh, proud of himself. Which is weird, given the
1: story. Um, yeah, given the story that they also dropped the dead body. <laughs> <and> <laughs> dropped him. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, boy. Yeah, so um, moral of the story, don't do this, folks, and go see, uh, go go find out if Ned Divine's streaming somewhere. I mean, it was, it was charming. I remember it was quite a yeah. charming uh, little slice of life movie. Yeah, Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, the next story I put on our run sheet, and I called it party gate headline is how many lockdown parties did boris johnson and staff attend here's a guide yeah and i didn't make up that last piece so this article is actually a guide of i don't know how many parties he had during the lockdowns in (laughs) during the uk it's upwards of 10 like your double digits um one of them uh, bring your own booze party oh fantastic uh and don't forget i know i know it's called the backyard but cheese and wine in the garden right the 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 british called the garden backyard yeah Yeah. backyard party let's not forget about the impromptu drinks inside a government office impromptu (laughs) (laughs) or wine
0: time fridays drinks and canapes at the
1: education department yeah, uh, throughout the pandemic, with staffers taking terms wheeling a suitcase to the supermarket to stock up, the tabloid published a photo of what was said the 34-bottle wine fridge being delivered through the back door. Parties during mourning.
0: On the eve of Prince Philip's funeral, staffers held two parties for departing colleagues at Downing Street. Well, it is, it is the monarchy. Come on. The next day, Queen Elizabeth II was photographed mourning her husband of seven decades by herself because she was abiding by the coronavirus restrictions put in place by Johnson's government. Downing Street apologized to Buckingham Palace for the deeply regrettable events that took place amid national mourning. And during that time, that indoor mixing was banned. But as you can see from this guide, it, it really is like if you bought like a Fodor's guide to Boris Johnson's party <laughs> that, that, uh, that, I don't think that contrition was all that sincere. No, I, 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 I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. So I, I it just kind of makes me want to work for him though. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think, I think you have a, 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 definitely downtime. It's like work hard and party yeah. hard. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, one guy that might be looking for a new job that might want to consider throwing resume at uh, Boris is um, this Brampton retailer. Okay, I got to see if I can read this with a straight face. Brampton footlocker employee accused of ejaculating into shoes at work. He works works hard and plays hard, this guy. Let's, Just let's like give Boris a Johnson. slow clap. So... Bramley City Center. Uh, (laughs) I I know well from my youth. If anyone's bought anything at the Foot Locker from Bramley City Center over the last week or so. Yeah, you might want to just kind of, you know, give your shoes a little extra rinse. It says it says messy acts with shoes among other NSFW activities. So what else was he getting up to? I don't know but he's he's doing it on Snapchat. Who is still on Snapchat? <laughs> this this guy.
0: <laughs> Dyna- is this it, dynamics? The di- at the dynamics is this the guy?
1: Uh maybe? <laughs> I have no idea. It, that's is that is that his is that his online name? What's up, Snapchat? You're back on another episode of Naked
0: D-Fly in the Workplace. Oh, so is that his name? Naked D-Fly. Oh, so, yeah. I don't know who this Dynamics is. But I think that's who posted the video. Yeah. They said, I'm not posting the video again, but Brampton is the worst place in Canada. I'm not going to argue with that.
1: Well, you know, apparently he's quoted the saying in the video, so as you can see, we're at Foot Locker here. Nobody, nobody else here, only my shit. And I am fully, completely, 100% sexy and naked. Jeez. Ah. Jeez. This is an example of, dude, just get yourself on OnlyFans. I'm sure there's someone that will pay you a subscription to show this type of stuff. I'm sure there's some kind of, you know, fetish. And you could have, you could have bankrolled this. Instead, you gave it away for free. You got yourself fired. And now how do you? go get a job in the next little bit. I guess the story, you know, he didn't publish his real name, but uh, you couldn't go to Foot Locker for a reference anymore, eh? No,
0: I don't think so. I like I like how somebody who who posted the video like, you know, as as an alarm, as an alarming thing saying like this guy's a problem when he posted the videos <laughs> said this is a huge health risk and a hygienic issue. <laughs> Another another example for the no shit Sherlock file.
1: It's all good. And of course Twitter goes crazy. Someone uh, did the old um, Justin Timberlake sketch. Yeah. Except they put uh, yeah. the referee the shirts referee on them shirts, yeah. And it's it's my <laughs> it's my dick in a shoe.
0: I <laughs> uh, you know, Twitter Twitter is terrible for a lot of things, but you can always you can you can always rely on them to have a timely meme. Oh, for every
1: Timely. jeez we're talking, you know, I, I you would think these people have like a library just of of these already pre pre baked. Yeah. And they they this, oh, I know I I know I did one for this for this type of scenario. <laughs> of course, I didn't think any would ever happen, but here you go. Um, so moral of the story here, uh try to stay away from the footlocker locker Bramley City Center. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you have to go to Foot Locker, go to Aaron Mills.
1: Yeah. Or if you, I don't want to say not shop there, but if you do, you might want to consider bringing one of those CSI handheld black lights. (laughs) And if your shoe looks like a Jackson Pollock painting, uh, get another size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we're going to slowly wrap things up. Uh, Next week, we're going to... uh, Recap the book of Mandalorian. Oh, sorry, did I? Did I spelled that one. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll 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 do a uh, since the last episode is next week. We'll do a, a full recap of Book of Boba Fett, where it's going to sit in the annals of Star Wars. Um, one thing, and we'll we'll dig deeper about this um, next week. But it's interesting how, even though Tatooine is like build in universe as like this backwater you know nothing ever happens here uh planet everything happens there yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's like the focal point of the
1: of of every <laughs> uh, the, of the every fountain. pivotal point <laughs> in star wars like we haven't seen any other planet that that has any have any impact and then, and then, if it's not Tatooine, it's a ta- It's a,
0: it's it's a Tatooine knockoff, like uh, Jakku, or uh, what was the one in Rogue One that they go to? Uh, they uh, the desert planet.
1: Yeah. Did they go to a desert planet in Rogue One? Yeah, they go back yeah. to Tatooine in Rogue One, don't they? Oh, I I th- uh, I I don't know. Oh, Jakku. not Jakku. I don't know. I forgot I what I think that it's a different one. But it's You're right. It, you're
0: essentially, right. It's essentially Tatooine with a different name.
1: Yeah. I I, I and, and we'll talk about that next week about one issue and I'm slowly kind of writing out that essay which is how you know how this the, the history within Star Wars is what's holding them back, right? Like that's it's just clear. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, but in any case, you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, not Neil Young, but we're on Spotify, (laughs) uh, Apple podcasts and Google Podcasts. Give us a rating. We'll eventually get our average rating and people will be able to find us. And on Apple Podcasts, we'd love to hear your comments, uh, which by the way, I said I would read this one out on, uh, the episode. So if, uh, you'll bear with me, I'm, uh, I'm a little apprehensive. I haven't heard this yet. We got five stars from someone called KW. Now, this is not a relative of mine, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> Sounds like it might be a relative of mine. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. The Cuke. I, I didn't realize that we had a, a nickname at this point in time, or the short form. The Cuke has become my go-to. Uh, Larry and Curtis have great chemistry. They cover the headlines that really matter, but often get overlooked. that's
0: true I haven't heard anybody talking about this the shoe chizzer so (laughs) take that yeah Joe Rogan you know yeah I mean all all you hear about is this freedom convoy but like this is something that that needs to be addressed
1: that's right All right. so yes we'll be back next week Uh, look for our recap of Book of Boba Fett Uh, any parting words Curtis no (laughs) I'm trying to think of what on the spot that came up. Tonight. I think I think you used I think you used up all your all your creative energies on the Irish accent and the shoe jizzer. I think so. I th- maybe. <laughs>
0: I think. Uh, I, th- I think.
1: Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I was <laughs> burnt out. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Those are my closing words. Alright, so just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber.
0: Sucker, you won't hear me mo. I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.